Hey, welcome to Let's Talk with your host, Kelvin Newkirk Jr. Listen, I'm so excited you're here. And let me tell you, this is the perfect podcast for you. Because on this podcast, we're going to have honest, open, and biblical conversations about things people love to talk about. Also about things people hate to talk about. So with that being said, let's hop into it. And hello everybody, once again, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk. I'm excited you're here with me today. Also, this is the fifth episode of Let's Talk. Wow, we are nearly approaching the halfway mark of this season, and it feels like time is just moving so fast. (laughs) It feels like time is moving so fast, but you know, I've been getting a huge amount of feedback from the people that I go to church with, my church family, from some people in my biological family, and even some some of my like really good friends and some of my colleagues and coworkers. Um, I'm excited that you're enjoying the content so far. And I'm really excited that I'm able to impart some type of wisdom that I've received to you, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to me from. By the way, I was checking my stats um, I try not to check my stats. I try not to be by my phone checking stats every minute that I upload an episode. But I realized that over these past few episodes, there are some people from overseas, from like Italy and Germany that are listening to my podcast. So I think that's really, really cool. I don't know how in the heck it got over there, but I'm not complaining because it's God's word traveling and moving through different places. And hey, you know, you can't ask for anything better than that. So uh, I'm a firm believer that we're not called to people for ourselves and for our needs and for our interests. But I feel that we're called to people for people. And our needs and our interests are met through the people that we are called to serve. I hope that wasn't too much. I hope that didn't confuse you because I said people like a million times. But seriously, we're called to people for their needs and not our own. So today... The topic that I want to discuss is something that I've personally been running from simply because um, I did not feel that I was spiritually, mentally, and emotionally prepared to discuss this and to guide you through this topic and to guide you through how to handle this specific topic. Because honestly, this topic is going to open up some wounds for me that have not been opened in a while. But it's not about me. Because we are called to people. Every believer is called to people. And we all live in a confused world. So it's our job as believers to bring clarity to a confused world. And today we're going to be bringing some clarity on the topic of grief. Grief is something that I rarely heard about within the churches that I grew up in. And it's something that I rarely heard from the Christian influences that I grew up around. In my life. And uh, one thing that I've realized about that is that it needs to be talked about just a little bit more. It needs to be talked about just a little bit more. Because I believe that God lays out different examples throughout the Bible of how to handle this, this specific subject matter. Right. And so I think that we should 
first answer the question of what grief is. What are you talking about when you talk about grief? Like, what are you getting at, Kelvin? And so when I talk about grief, I'm talking about deep sorrow that comes from a loss. Now, this is where we get it wrong sometimes, because when we think of grief, we automatically associate it with death, which it can be associated with death, but it's associated with way much more, right? Um, I can't talk tonight. I don't know what's going on with my S's and my C's, but for some reason, I cannot pronounce those tonight. So please bear with me. Please don't cringe. Please don't check out already. We're only four minutes in, so, so let's get it. Let's do it. But the losses that come from grief can be defined as death. It can be a broken relationship. It can be a broken friendship. It could be a divorce. It could even be a dream that you expected to come true. And you're starting to find out in life that it's not going to come true or you found out that it wasn't going to come true. So all of these things tie in into the topic of grief. And another thing, here's another myth about grief that you have to understand that it's okay to grieve. It is okay to grieve as long as you handle it in the healthy way. As long as you don't fall into a spirit or into a area of despair, which despair is a loss of hope. Here's an example of grief is, oh my gosh, I lost my mother. I lost my father. I lost my grandfather. I lost my grandmother. Despair would be, I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to see them again. And there's never going to be a person in my life that's going to replace the joy that it brought to my life. A broken relationship would be, oh my gosh, you know, I'm in a position now where me and this person aren't dating anymore. Me and this person aren't in a relationship anymore. Despair would be, I will never find a person like that ever again. Or I'll never be happy ever again without that person. An example of grief also in a broken friendship would be, wow, that friend betrayed me or that friend isn't my friend anymore and something happened or I may have betrayed that friend. I may have made a big mistake and betrayed a friend and I can't be friends with this person anymore. Despair would be, I'm never going to find a friend like that friend ever again. That rhymed a little bit, (laughs) but seriously, how grief ties into divorce is that this marriage did not work out. When I made those vows to love this person to death do us part, I didn't hold up to my end of the vow. And I feel completely empty because of that. That's grief. But despair would be, I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to marry ever again. No way. No way. Grief within a dream would be, hey, this... This plan that I have for my life isn't going to come true. This plan that I drew out for what I wanted to do and what I was interested in is never going to come to pass. And I'm just completely heartbroken over it. But despair within the dream that didn't come true would be that that was my plan A. And I've completely ruined my whole entire life because my plan A didn't go well. Because what I had built for myself didn't go well. But let me tell you something. Grief is okay if it's handled the right way. Let me repeat that. Grief is okay if it's handled the right way. So today, I'm going to give you some truths on handling grief the effective way. Through allowing your emotions to flow, realizing that grief is temporary, 
and seeing it for what it really is and attacking it with God through worship. So let's talk about letting your emotions flow, right? Because that can be kind of weird if it's not explained the right way. So when I say that phrase, allow your emotions to flow, I mean to let yourself feel the emotions that come with grief. Even Jesus grieved. John chapter 11, verse 35. We all know it because growing up, we probably have recited this verse when we didn't have any other verse to recite because it's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. But it goes just like this. It says, Jesus wept. It is one of the shortest verses in the Bible. But to me, it's a very powerful verse in the Bible. And to give you a little bit of context before we move any further, Jesus wept over Lazarus, his friend who passed away, who, by the way, he knew he would end up raising from the dead. This showed that Jesus cared because when it comes to grief, compassion comes with care. You can't grieve over something you're not compassionate about yourself. So one thing that I encourage you to do is that in our pursuit to be Christ-like, we must recognize we absolutely must recognize. I don't even know if that even made sense, but I want to stick the point. You really have to recognize that it's okay to be compassionate over your cares. Now, what I mean by your cares, I mean, it's okay to be compassionate over the relationships that left or the things that didn't work out. It's okay because we're human. We are human. And Jesus shows that. Jesus shows that really human element of himself when he cries, when he weeps over his dear friend. Weeping isn't like just a few tears. Weeping is a form of hysterical crying. Not hysterical crying where you're out of control, but weeping means that you're crying with a deep sorrow. There's a sorrow involved there. So that just shows the compassion behind his care. And also that compassion happened before he raised Lazarus from the dead. So I think that also shows grief for what it really is, because grief is temporary. Grief only lasts for a temporary amount of time before something more permanent comes like joy. Let's look at Psalms 30 chapter five. This is really big to me. Because this is something that you hear at a lot of funerals or during sad events. And so I never really took it seriously. I always thought of it as just a verse that you just hear or a verse that you just say. But it's Psalms chapter 35 and and Psalms chapter 30, verse 5. Excuse me. This is what it says. It says, his anger lasts only for a moment. His goodness for a lifetime. Tears may flow through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Um, a lot of us know it as weeping may endure for a lot for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I personally believe that weeping happens in a dark place, but weeping and the dark place are temporary, and it represents the period of grief before joy. Before joy comes. It says tears may flow through the night. So in the night is dark. It's a dark place in the night. 
It is a very dark place when you're in the night of your life. Maybe some of you are in the night of your life right now. Maybe some of you are going through a situation where you feel like the sun is never going to shine on that situation. The sun is never going to shine on that broken relationship. The sun is never going to shine on that broken friendship. The sun is never going to shine on that dream that didn't come true. But let me tell you something. When joy comes on the other side of that grief, it's permanent and it's something that only God can give. So um, in Galatians, Paul talks about the fruits of the spirit. Joy is one of them. And that's something that only God can give and only he can take it away. That's something that's controlled by God. That's something that circumstance or loss can't take away. So always remember that. Always remember that only God can give joy. And it's on the other side. It is on the other side of our grief, of our darkness. And so as we start to realize grief for what it is, as we start to realize that grief is just a temporary part of our life, that grief is something that's just temporary. Then we learn to attack it with God. And so someone may ask me, how do you attack grief with God? Like, how does that work? Worship. Worship is your weapon. And I know this sounds so cliche, but sorry, it's true. It's true. Worship is your weapon. So there's this Bible story about David. King David, the same David that killed Goliath, the same David that was tending to the sheep. The same David that killed the lion and the bear. This is the same David. He lost his newborn baby after seven days. His baby and Bathsheba's baby. Now we know Bathsheba and we know the story between David and Bathsheba. I cannot pronounce (laughs) these these words tonight, but it's okay because we're being real. We're being real on a podcast here. So it's all good. But King David lost his newborn baby. After seven days, and after realizing the baby had passed away, he went and worshiped God. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 12. Uh, we're going to start at verse number 19 and end at 20. So we're going to go read two. But it says this. It says, David noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves, and he realized the child was dead. Is the child dead? He asked. Yes, they replied. He is dead. Then David got up from the ground after he had washed, put on lotions and changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he went to his own house. And at his request, they served him food and he ate. Spending time with God is the only way we obtain peace. That's through prayer through reading our Bible, and I would even dare to say through journaling, through tracking the trends of what God has done in your life, by tracking the trends of how you attack situations with God or how you got spiritually attacked by the enemy. Because the enemy uses grief just as much as God uses grief to help us. The enemy uses grief to try to destroy us and put us in a area of despair. 
And I'm going to get into that later on. I'm going to get into how that worked for me personally. But spending time with God is the only way we can obtain peace. And God is the only one that could give us peace. God is literally the only one that could give us peace. He is. There's something about being in the presence of God. There's something about just taking time out, being in a quiet place and saying, Lord, I understand all this is going on in my life. Lord, I know these things are going on in my life. Lord, I know that there's these circumstances that are happening that are pulling me away from you, Father, that are pulling me away from putting my focus on you. But Lord, I'm making the decision to seek your face through it all. There's something about that. There's something about that. And that's all worship is. Worship is just taking time alone and spending time with God and acknowledging where he is in your life, acknowledging that you're not God and that he is God, acknowledging that he is the one that created you and you are not the one who created him, acknowledging the fact that he's the one who set out a plan and a pathway for your life and you don't have you don't get a say in that. All your job is to do is to be obedient to what he's laid out and to follow in the footsteps that he's tracked for you throughout your life to keep you on the right path. And then after you worshiped and after you have tacked that grief, you're able to say what David said later on in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And we're going to start at chapter 21 and we're going to end at 23. It says his attendants asked him, why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now that the child is dead, you get up and eat? He answered, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. That's such a big change in perspective. That is such a big change in perspective. But he, he was able to say that after he went to the house of God and worshiped. After he came to peace with the grief that was going on in his life. And, this, and so you will be able to obtain peace and turn your grief into hope and not despair. When you worship, when you say, Lord, here I am. What do you want to say with me? When you designate a certain place and time to just spend time with God and listen to what he has to say to you. And maybe maybe you may not hear him in that moment, but just to sit there and say, Lord, I'm sitting right here and I'm going to meditate on what you've promised me through reading your word. I'm going to write out my thoughts and I'm going to come to you with reverence and respect and pray to you and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. But I know that you're in this situation and I want you to handle it for me. I want you to handle it for me. Man, that's such a big I'm st- I'm still thinking about that. And I've I've read the scripture and prep for this episode, but it's such a big change of perspective. And like I said before, you know, I'm going through things in my life myself. I'm still dealing with grieving over my great grandfather's loss. I'm still grieving over some friendships that I lost. I'm still grieving over some relationships that 
have may have failed in my life. I'm still grieving over all of that. And so this hits a little bit home for me. And as I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself too. And so this is so big to me because David is a man after God's own heart. So I believe strategically this story was put in. This part of David's life was put in to show us how we should attack the losses in our life. And guess what? You may argue and you may say, you know what? I don't have a kid, right? I don't have a baby. It's okay. Because guess what? That baby that they lost can represent anything you gave birth to. A relationship, a friendship, a marriage, a dream, an idea. Maybe you gave the birth an identity. Like, with all of that, you gave birth to that. And just as much as you gave birth to it, you can lose it. And you can grieve over it, but how you attack the situation will determine whether you set those boundaries not to let yourself go into despair or not. Because let me tell you something. It is better to starve, to physically starve from food or to physically thirst from water than to be hopeless. Seriously. There are studies, there are scientific studies on people who just haven't ate, people who who haven't ate for a long period of time, people who are without food and without drink, who have hope compared to people who have food, plenty of food to eat, plenty to drink, and they lost hope. And there's more people that die from the loss of hope than the loss of food. I'm so serious. There's a scientific study. I don't have time to actually like cite the whole source, but there is like research it, look it up, fact check me. But seriously, to be starved from hope is like death to some people. It can literally kill you to be starved from hope. Now, I'm not trying to scare anyone, right? I'm not trying to scare anyone. Oh, you know, I don't want to make anyone fear this, fear what I'm saying. But, you know, but I just want to put emphasis on how important hope is in our life. Because that's the difference between us as believers and people who may reject the gospel. The difference is that people who have Jesus have hope and they're living with hope so they can go through the hell in their life and still have hope compared to someone who is living without hope. They can have everything they want, but they can still feel like something's empty. And can you just imagine how sad that is to work hard all your life, to work hard all your life and to keep feeling like something's missing, but you just don't know what it is. Or maybe you know what it is, but maybe you've been so misled and maybe you have this idea of what you're supposed to do. So you never, ever, ever build up the courage to get to that point. Cousin, that's that's sad. But that's what hopelessness will do to you. It'll create a void in your life that can't be filled. Because if you knew what could fill that void, you would have hope. So that's just food for thought. That's just food for thought.
So through this podcast today, I hope you were able to take away some tips to handle your grief or obtain some type of insight on how to help someone. Because this thing is important. And I want you to realize how important it is to deal with this. Because the sooner you could deal with the grief in your life, the sooner you could be at peace with that grief. And when you're at peace with that grief, you're able to obtain tools. You're able to look on the other side of that grief and say, hey, I can help somebody out who's going through the exact same thing that I went through. And better yet, I can look at this grief and see that God brought me out of this. So if he could bring me out of this, even though there may be battles, there may be more grief that comes in my life. But guess what? I have a battle plan. I know how to handle the grief that's in my life. With that being said, until next time, I will talk to you again next Friday. I love you all and goodbye.